0: hade sura tskarpa syax magir rachta moti matsa marorkor maror 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 Bitter herb, the bitter vegetable. You know, all the way back in Egypt, the very first Pesach, God told Bnei Israel that when you eat your Paschal lamb, you eat it on matzot umirurim, eat it on matzahs and on bitter vegetables, on bitter roots. It's somehow even from the very beginning, the Offering of Pesach and the eating of Pesach is something that incorporates our freedom and our bitterness, our leaving and our deep anguish and painful experience of having been slaves. The bitterness shows up early on in the slave experience. If you look all the way back, you know why did why did Paro want to make us slaves in the first place? It wasn't because Paro wanted. Hired labor or free labor, big cities built. Paro was afraid of all the children who were being born. He was afraid of the population boom and felt threatened that these people were just going to run him and his people out of his own country. So the first thing he did was he told them to start building some cities for him. It says in order to weigh down the Israelites. To give them so much work that they just feel rough. Maybe that will slow them down from populating. And it didn't work. The more that the more work that they were given, the more they reproduced, the more children were born, the larger and stronger they became. So then it says, "The Egyptians." embittered their lives. They made their lives bitter with hard work, with mortar and bricks and all of the work in the field. You see, the purpose of all of that back-breaking labor was to make life taste bitter, to make life feel intolerable, like it wasn't worth living. And if somebody despises their own experience of life so much, Paro and Egypt thought, of course, they're not going to want to bring new life into the world. They're not going to want to create life. That life force inside of them will be killed because life will taste so bitter. Now we know in the story that didn't really work so well either because then Paro goes and speaks to the midwives and the midwives defy him and the children of Israel continue to bear life. But there's something about that experience of bitterness that really did typify the Egypt experience so much so that God said, when you leave, I want you to taste that bitterness as well. I want you to remember that core experience of bitterness. And there's something very strange that we do when we eat maror because we eat maror together with charoset, And the haroset, the rabbis teach, is a reminder of those mortar and bricks that we built and were so involved in to embitter our lives. It's got the texture of the kind of cement that we worked with. And yet at the same time, Name. Charoset is sweet. Charoset is made out of apples, and wine, and dates. The rabbis say all the sweet fruits that are symbols of the life of Bnei Israel, of the children of B'nai Israel, of the birthing power, the energy of life, and and expansion that continued to pulsate through the people. So there's this very odd meeting between the bitter and the sweet between that which crushed the will to live and yet at the very same time seems to somehow have in it the flavor of that will to live coming alive and continuing, persisting to bear life nonetheless. What's going on here? One thing that strikes me is that even though we left Egypt, even as we were leaving Egypt, we're told that we need to taste the bitterness. We can't just flee from the bitterness. The bitter flavor is something that we need to embrace and remember and experience. In a sense, the deep trauma of Egypt isn't something that we can just so easily run away from. It's something that we somehow have to learn to integrate and absorb into our being, to somehow honor our very experience of bitterness as part of our pathway towards freedom and into freedom. And it seems that when we do honor that bitterness that we experienced, we also reach some sweetness on the other end of it. That... If the trauma, if the pain doesn't kind of just linger in the shadows of the past and kind of haunt us everywhere we go, but we actually say, you know what, I'm leaving. And all that I went through, I went through. And the same me who went through that is the same me who's moving forward. Somehow, in the depth of that painful, bitter experience, there was something. was not abandoned there was something that was worthwhile there was a life worth living because here i am still living that life i am the product of the life birthed from that bitterness and here i want to mention a very disturbing midrash but this season, and particularly this year, it's not the year to hide from disturbing midrash. The disturbing midrash that for some reason, many of us learned perhaps when we were young children is that when the Egyptians saw that all of their strategies and schemes couldn't stop the Israelites from bearing life, that they actually placed children into those bricks. That that cement somehow contained in it those young lives that they were trying to prevent from growing. And if we read that midrash in a non-literal sense, I think that part of what it's saying is that will to live, that energy of life, of creativity, was not being channeled properly. What the Egyptians did was take that very will to create life and channel it into bricks freeze it in cement you have the power to grow to create to bear life i'm gonna force you to take all that power and just stick it into a pool of cement and build brick walls from it it was imprisoned and i believe that part of what the maror and the haroset are doing is in a sense freeing that power for us is reminding us and, and letting us taste in the very bitterness and that very bitter experience of being stifled and imprisoned and enslaved and trapped without an ability to expand, without an ability to unfurl life, is to tell us, you know what? There was life coursing through you. It was placed into those bricks. It didn't grow into what it was meant to grow into, but you know what? Your power remained. They didn't take your fundamental power of life away from you. They imprisoned you. That was deeply painful. That tastes bitter, and it only tastes bitter because it is not what you deserve. It is not what is appropriate for somebody who has life that courses through them. And when I taste the bitterness, of having been stifled so deeply and painfully. It takes me to the deeper root that creates the bitter feeling, which is the knowing of here I have life pulsating in my bones, in my being, ready to be unleashed, and it has nowhere to go. And so it tastes trapped and bitter. And when I can acknowledge, taste, incorporate, embrace, that this was the truth of my experience then. So somehow it can potentially bring me to also experience sweetness there because I can recognize the power of life, my power to live that really did live within me even then, even when it felt so rotten and bitter. That buried within that bitterness was the force of life that is essential to who I am and when I can encounter that so the bitterness turns a little more tender turns a little sweeter it actually still is a painful memory but it's not one that haunts me and threatens to crush me it's one that here from my position of being alive right now I can look back on and and I can honor I can honor the path I've been through that's led me to where I am right now and i just want to say briefly for korech korech is is a piece of this because we take the maror with Charoset to do the mitzvah of maror and then we do korech to eat together the matzah with the maror and the Charoset to remember that way of eating the korban pesach the pesach offering together with the bitter herbs and korech really means you, you sandwich it you wrap it together you bind it together Here it's not so much that the bitterness is primary and this comes after, but no, 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 it's bound together. The Maror, the Pesach, the Haroset, the freedom, the bitterness, the sweetness, all of it is bundled together. And this year, this year we know that our bitterness is actually something that allows us to be aware of how deeply we are bundled together with one another. That the pain, the particular form of pain that we are experiencing this year under these circumstances, in isolation from each other, fearing or grieving the sadness and loss and illness around us, at the same time sitting somehow safe in our own environments. In this moment that we're eating it, this is a chance to let ourselves feel those bitter tears, the bitterness that—that's honest, the bitterness that's true, and our korech here, my korech here, at least, is that this bitterness also brings to my very taste buds, to my very skin, to my very sensations, just a chance to feel how deeply we're bound to one another. We're kruchim together, we're sandwiched all together. All of us human beings, all of us in this planet, all of us in a sense, pieces of this one organism, many of which are sick, many of which are healthy and strong and, and praying and hoping and grieving and sitting here, holding each other here even when we can't sit together. There too, there's not a sweetness that takes away the bitterness but there is a tenderness that is possible to feel how we're bound together even through the bitter tears, those bitter tears that come from the deep well of compassion and care and being a living heart despite all of this